Venus and Serena Williams, Simone Biles, Lisa Leslie, Sonia Richards-Ross. These are some of the greatest women in the history of athletics. They all dominated within their respective sports and at the Olympic Games. In addition, at the Olympics, they have all won four gold medals. But decades before any of them touched the Olympic stage, Evelyn Ashford made her mark at the Olympic Games and in track and field, becoming one of the greatest athletes in history. My name is Anderson, and this is Track and Field Black History. Evelyn Ashford was born in 1957 in Shreveport, Louisiana, far up in the northwest corner of the state and the third most populous city after New Orleans and Baton Rouge. She was the oldest of five siblings and her father was an Air Force Sergeant in the military at the time, including serving in Vietnam. So unfortunately, she didn't see him frequently when she was young. Instead, she was raised by mostly her mother and her grandmother. When her father did return though, the family ended up moving around very frequently. Before she turned 16 years old, she had moved to four different cities and attended four different schools, all depending on which military base her father would be stationed at. In 1973, her father was transferred to McLean Air Force Base in Sacramento, where they would eventually settle permanently, providing a little bit of stability for Ashford. Now growing up, despite all the movement, Ashford was generally quiet and a really friendly kid, but also loved to compete. She always loved to run and when she was a teenager, really wanted to become an actual runner one day. She said what inspired her was hearing about Wilma Rudolph for the first time when she was 12 years old, who just nine years earlier had won three gold medals at the 1960 Olympic Games in the 100, 200, and 4x100 meter relay. Ever since learning about her, Ashford wanted to be just like Wilma Rudolph. Ashford's mother recalled that she loved reading and sewing, but running was her absolute favorite thing to do. She would play football with other boys simply to get better at running. After moving to California, Ashford attended Roseville High School, which unfortunately didn't have a girls track and field team yet, which was the case for many schools at the time. Title IX legislation had just been passed into law less than a year prior, so opportunities for girls were really not widely implemented yet. One day though, during a running session in her physical education class, the boys football coach pulled her to the side and asked if she would race his fastest player, noting that he thought she could actually beat him. Well, eventually she did, and it became a big deal at the school. Soon, she would frequently race against other boys in the school. Remember, there was no girls track team for her to compete on, so this was the best opportunity she had to stay involved in running. Ashford remembers this time noting that it was quote, at a time when I was still learning and developing my love for the sport. I think because I got all that attention, it let me know that I was meant to run. Eventually though, the school allowed Ashford to become an official member of the boys track team. Remember, Title IX had passed in 1972, so technically the school had to allow her to compete. But she was proving that regardless of her gender, she could run with absolutely anybody. Through high school, she competed against other girls throughout the state, and by the time she was a senior, had won multiple state and regional high school titles. Eventually, 
It was time for college and in 1975, she had been offered a full athletic scholarship to attend the University of California at Los Angeles, UCLA. This is one of the first times UCLA had offered a full athletic scholarship to a woman in track and field, giving Ashford the opportunity to train at the school that would later become known for some of the legends in the sport. Think Jackie Joyner-Kersey, Florence Griffith-Joyner, Gail Devers, Joanna Hayes, Dawn Harper, and tons and tons of other ladies. Apparently, Coach Pat Connolly, who was a three-time Olympian and had just been hired as a new women's coach at UCLA, she didn't know that Ashford was on a scholarship at the school, so she had asked her to run in the team time trials. In the first 100 meter time trial, Ashford apparently ran so fast, Connolly was convinced that her stopwatch was broken or she just misread the time. So she asked Ashford to run it again and, well, apparently Ashford ran even faster the second time. After these time trials, Connolly said, quote, Elvin Lynn, you know what? You can make the Olympic team and be in the finals. Now, Ashford didn't believe her and actually said in an interview years later, I thought the lady was nuts. And realistically, why wouldn't she? It was already 1976, so the Olympics were just a few months away. Ashford was still just 18 years old and had only been running track on an organized team for the past two years. So making it to the Olympics seemed pretty far-fetched, let alone running next to the greatest woman in the world in the Olympic final. Well, Connolly helped Ashford train that spring in her freshman year of college, not only developing her speed and strength, but also her self-esteem and self-confidence in her own ability. Fast forward to June of 1976, and Ashford is entered in the 100 meters at the US Olympic trials. At 19 years old, she finished third place at the trials, earning a spot on the team to the Olympic games in Montreal, Canada later that year. Now arriving in Montreal as basically an unknown sprinter with few eyes on her from the public and basically no expectations to really do anything impactful, Ashford managed to cruise through the rounds and make it to the 100 meter finals in the Olympics, as her coach Conley had predicted just a couple months earlier. What was more impressive though, was that she managed to finish fifth place in that final, the top American finisher and less than a tenth of a second away from winning a medal. She later ran on the four by 100 meter relay that finished in seventh place at the Olympics. So still just a freshman in college, and though she didn't win a medal, she stunned the country and the world with her performance in Montreal. This showed that Ashford was more than capable of running with the best ladies in the world, and now with a taste of what the games were like, she became focused on one day becoming an Olympic gold medalist. Ashford looked back at that race and said, quote, I was so raw, so new, that I can look at that race and see a hundred things I did wrong. It was a discovery time for me. I discovered that I could really run with the rest of the world. I discovered that I wanted to be a winner, not just a dreamer, dreaming about winning. In the back of my mind, I knew that if I put work into it, I would come out with a gold medal. While at UCLA, she won multiple national championships at the AIAW, which was the organization overseeing women's college athletics before women's sports became part of the NCAA. She won the 100 meters in 1976 and 1977, as well as the 200 meters in 1977 and 1978. But remember, her goal was an Olympic gold medal, and she had already had that taste of Olympic competition and competing with the best. 
1977, she went to Dusseldorf, Germany for the World Cup, beating the other US ladies, but finishing behind the ladies from the rest of the world. After that, Ashford said, I had to find out if I had what it took to become a true world-class sprinter. So after the 1978 season at UCLA, Ashford decided that she would leave UCLA to instead train full-time in preparation for the 1980 Olympics. Despite having left UCLA, she continued to be coached by Connolly and things continued to go up the following year. In 1979, Ashford went on an absolute tear. In the 100 meters, she broke the American record on two occasions, the latter being a time of 10.97 seconds, the first time an American woman would run sub 11 in the 100 meters. She also broke the 200 meter American record three times throughout the season, hitting a best time of 21.83 seconds, becoming the first American woman to break 22 seconds in the 200 meters. She traveled to San Juan, Puerto Rico for the 1979 Pan American Games, where she won gold in both the 100 and 200 meters. She capped off her 1979 year at the World Cup in Montreal, winning both the 100 meters and 200 meters, and beating the current world record holders in those events, Marlies Gurr and Marita Koch. Ultimately, she finished off the year undefeated in all of her races, and with less than a year to go to the 1980 Olympics, Ashford was seen as the favorite for the 100 meter gold medal. Unfortunately, coming off the best year of her career at that point, 1980 turned out to be a complete 360. The Olympics were scheduled to be held in Moscow that year. The Soviet Union had invaded Afghanistan, and in protest, the United States led a boycott of the Olympic Games, announcing that US athletes would not be attending the Games in Moscow. Because of this announcement, Ashford was absolutely devastated that she wouldn't have the opportunity to compete while at the top of her game. She had said, quote, I probably cannot describe or explain to anyone how hurt I was. And I know that it was not just me. It was other Olympians who had worked as hard and were just as ready as I was. Not only were her Olympic dreams shattered, but she also had suffered an injury which kept her from competing for essentially the entire year and severely hindered her ability to train for months. Ashford spent time during a cross-country trip with her husband to basically reevaluate her career and her goals. She was in her prime and the Olympics had been canceled with the next one being four years away. And she ultimately suffered an injury that prevented her from competing and training like she usually does. But she came to the decision that she couldn't give it all up and she wanted to one day win an Olympic gold medal. So she turned her focus to the 1984 Olympics. In the following two years, Ashford recovered from her injury and went on an absolute tear. She ran sub 11 seconds in the 100 meters three times in both 1981 and 1982, with a best of 10.90 seconds, an American record at that point. She beat all of her top rivals throughout the year and looked absolutely unstoppable when it came to sprinting. Though she was dominating, she was not getting complacent. Remember, this was the same place she was in right before 1980. So she was focused on maintaining her training and her health and fitness with the goal of being the 1984 Olympic gold medalist. Enter 1983 and the IAAF at the time would be holding the first ever full world championships in Helsinki, Finland later that year. Ashford was looking forward to it as the first chance to compete on a stage similar to the Olympics in preparation for the real games just a year later. 
Now leading up to the championships on July 3rd, 1983, Ashford would run the 100 meters at the National Sports Festival in Colorado Springs, Colorado. This would be her final race before going over to Europe for those world championships. Now exploding out of the blocks and cruising down the track, Ashford would cross the line, stopping the clock in a world record of 10.79 seconds. She said, quote, I wasn't thinking about anything. I just ran. I didn't seem to wake up until the last 20 meters. When I crossed the line, I thought that was nothing special, maybe 11.1, but it was definitely something special. 10.79 seconds broke the world record of 10.81 set by Marley's Gurr just a month earlier and would be the first time in history any woman would run sub 10.8 seconds in the 100 meters. Even today, any woman who runs sub 10.8 is in elite company, so Ashford doing it all the way back in 1983 was way ahead of her time. Just a month later, Ashford is now in Helsinki, Finland for the first world championships ever and coming off not only a world record, but two consecutive seasons of dominating the 100 meters, so she was the clear favorite. After cruising through the rounds and making it comfortably to the final, tragedy unfortunately struck. In the final, Ashford was out quickly and just about tied for the lead with about 20 meters into the race, but coming up to 50 meters, she unfortunately grimaced, pulled up, and fell to the track with a pulled hamstring, unfortunately unable to complete the race. Despite the tragedy, she was not going to let it defer her from her dream of making it to the top of the Olympic podium in just about a year's time. Ashford's hamstring issues would occasionally come up through the 1984 season, but she was able to recover enough to get back on her feet and run some wind-aided times of 10.88 and 10.78 in April and May of that year. At the US Olympic trials, despite having strained her hamstring again in practice earlier, Ashford won the 100 meters, securing her spot on the Olympic team. She attempted to go for a spot on the 200 meters as well, but in the qualifying rounds, she felt her hamstring act up again and chose to pull up about halfway around the curve and not risking getting injured and ending her chance at an Olympic gold potentially in that 100 meters. Now in May of 1984, the Soviet Union, later joined by about 14 other Eastern Bloc countries and allies, chose to boycott the Olympic Games to be held in Los Angeles, California. This meant that many of Ashford's top competitors would not be racing against her, but that didn't matter at all. She was dead focused on her goal and these Olympics would be her time to shine. Well, at those 1984 Olympics, Ashford won her heat, quarterfinal, and semifinal rounds all in the fastest times of any competitors. In the final, it was no contest. Ashford led from gun to tape, crossing the line in first place, finally winning her 100 meter gold medal that she had worked so hard for ever since she learned about her idol Wimmel Rudolph back when she was just 12 years old. Now, not only did she win, but she ran an Olympic record of 10.97 seconds, the first time any woman had run sub 11 seconds at the Olympic Games. So proving that despite some of her top competitors not being there, she was on her way to winning the gold medal regardless. What's also notable about this race is that it was the first time the top three women in the 100 meters were all black women, with Alice Brown of the USA and Merlene Audie of Jamaica winning silver and bronze respectively. 
Just a few days later, Ashford joined her teammates on the 4x100m relay to win a second gold medal at the games. Just less than two weeks after the Olympics, Ashford was lined up in a race in Zurich, Switzerland, now going up against her top competition from Europe who had missed the games due to the Olympic boycott, which brought tons of attention to the race. Former world record holder and 1980 Olympic champion Marlies Gurr was in lane 3, and Ashford, the new Olympic champion and current world record holder, was next to her in lane 4. At the start, both ladies got out quick and separated from the rest of the field, but Gurr had a step or two on Ashford. About 70 meters through though, Ashford pulled up even and eventually passed and ran away from Marley's Gurr, crossing the line in a time of 10.76 seconds, improving upon her world record set just a year prior. This record stood for four years until Flojo broke it in 1988, and even to this day, almost 40 years later, that time still ranks her as the 11th fastest woman in history. So with her Olympic gold in the bag, Ashford was able to take off the 1985 season to start a family, giving birth to her daughter later that year. But within just a few months, she was right back on the track, winning indoor races in February of 1986 and winning all but two of the races she ran during the 1986 outdoor season. Ashford unfortunately suffered another hamstring injury in 1987, which kept her out of most of that season, including missing the world championships that year as well. But she was able to set her sights on going for a defense of her Olympic title at the 1988 Olympic Games. 1988 would actually turn out to be an amazing year for Ashford, where she won every single 100 meter race that she lined up for, except for just three of them, two of which turned out to be the biggest races of that year. 1988 was the breakout season for her American teammate Florence Griffith Joyner, who broke Ashford's 100 meter world record and finished ahead of her at the Olympic trials. Now, at the 1988 Olympic Games in Seoul, South Korea, Ashford's third Olympics, she was honored with the opportunity to carry the American flag for the opening ceremony. She became the first black woman to ever do so for the United States. In the 100 meters though, Ashford would again face Flojo in the final who was absolutely unstoppable, eventually finishing second place but earning her third Olympic medal with a silver just behind Flojo's gold. But the two of them would join together on the 4x100m relay, winning a gold medal, which would be Ashford's third gold over just two Olympic Games. This would match the medal counts of the legends Wilma Rudolph and Wyomi Atias before her, two other black women who paved the way for Ashford to achieve the success that she had up to that point. It's also important to note that in 1988, Ashford was 31 years old, an age that many would consider to be well past an athlete's prime. But coming off an Olympic gold and silver, she had no plans of stopping and wanted to keep on going. Over the next four years, Ashford continued to train and race, though not running as fast as she had done in previous years, she was still competitive with the other best ladies in the world. In 1991, she qualified for the world championships in Tokyo, Japan, finishing fifth place in the 100 meter final. A year later in 1992, Ashford finished third place in the 100 meters at the US Olympic trials, running 10.17 seconds just beating out Carlette Guidry's 10.18 seconds and booking her ticket to the Olympic Games in Barcelona, Spain that year, her fourth games. 
So at those Olympics, she unfortunately was unable to make it to the 100 meter final, getting eliminated in the semifinals, but she did have the opportunity to run the leadoff leg for the 4x100 meter relay, which ultimately won the gold medal at those 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona. This would be Ashford's fourth Olympic gold medal and fifth overall medal, ending her career literally at the top of the world. This would actually be the first time a black woman had ever won four Olympic gold medals in history, a feat since replicated by the likes of legendary women such as Venus and Serena Williams, Simone Biles, Sonia Richards-Ross, Lisa Leslie, and only since surpassed by Alison Felix. In addition, at the age of 35, Ashford became the oldest woman to win an Olympic gold medal in track and field, which was a major accomplishment that essentially brought her career kind of full circle from being a young, relatively unknown 19-year-old when she finished fifth at the 1976 Olympic Games. Now, looking back at that 1992 season when Ashford was told that she was too old at the age of 35, she had said, when I was 18, they told me I was too old because I just started on the international circuit. They said at 18, you've passed your prime. Then in 1984, they said I was too old. I was 27. I've been told that I was too old since I began my career. I don't listen to the critics. I just try to have my own agenda, set my own plan, and try to execute it. I just wanted to prove that I can make one more Olympic team, and I did that. Now, Ashford ran a few more races, but essentially retired shortly after those Olympics, cementing her legacy as not only one of the greatest sprinters or one of the best in track and field, but easily one of the greatest athletes in any sport in history. She has since been inducted to the United States Track and Field Hall of Fame, as well as the International Women's Sports Hall of Fame. Evelyn Ashford's career is a testament to how black women break barriers throughout every step of their lives. From beating boys in high school, showing that gender didn't make her less than anyone else, to making the Olympic final as an unknown 19 year old, to breaking the world record on two occasions and winning four Olympic gold medals despite fighting through injuries for over a decade. To end off with a quote from Ashford herself, she said, I am very satisfied with where I left the sport and what I have accomplished in the sport. I just wanted to get some Olympic gold medals. I thought a gold medal at the Olympics was the highest accomplishment anyone could achieve, even one. So that's Evelyn Ashford, one of the greatest athletes in the history of sports. Make sure you follow the podcast, come back next week for another story, check us out on Instagram, and thanks for tuning in to Track and Field Black History.